Welcome to the Power and Light Podcast, Episode 5. And it's been a while. We've been gone for multiple weeks. I'm so sorry. I hope you missed us. But we're back with Episode 5. And we have a jam-packed episode because since our last episode, March Madness, Opening Day, Scouting Combine, Pro, pro Days, NFL Meetings, Free Agency, so much has happened, right? Preston... How excited on a scale of 1 to 10 are you for this episode? Uh, 100. What? Jude, <laughs> what about you? Um, solid 7. 7? Alright, why is it not a 10? It's just everyday stuff for me, so. Yeah, this is just usually what you're doing anyways, right? Talking sports. Yeah. That's what we love to do. But we were gone on a little trip to the Dominican Republic. All three of us, we had a great time. Um, and But now we're back, ready to talk some sports. And let's start off with March Madness. We're going to get the sad part out of the way first. Which it shouldn't be sad. You know, K-State obviously advancing all the way to the lead eight. Uh, but it, it is sad because we both, both of our teams lost. Let's start with KU. You know, get my part out first. KU lost in the round of 32 mm-hmm. to Arkansas, 72-71. And it was a rough game, but it didn't feel like... I don't know. I never got worried until the very, very end, and I was like, oh, okay, KU's going to lose this game, and they're going to lose to Arkansas. So that was really frustrating. What What's something that stood out to you guys about the KU loss to Arkansas in the round of 32? Arkansas was more physical. Mm-hmm. They drove to the basket a lot more. KU shot a lot of threes. And missed. Yeah, yeah, that was the big they part were, of it. I think they were 5 for 13 from three. So I mean, I mean that's okay. That's, but, that's pretty good, but, but it's still a lot of loss. The quantity misses. wasn't there. If yeah. they shot more, they'd probably be fine. But I saw a lot of jumpers from even past mid range. Yeah, Jude, what what stood out to you about that game? Well, two teams finding out, go to the Sweet Sixteen, and you know, ball don't lie. Okay, you lost. Worst team, you know. Arkansas's good. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas's so good that at the end of the game. Uh, head coach Eric Musselman took off his stood on a table, ripped off his shirt in front of the Arkansas fans and threw it around. As a KU fan, I know many of us were offended. I'm not offended by that. I think it's just embarrassing for him. It's a round of 32 loss, especially when the next game they got boat raced. Yeah, but he beat the one seed. Hey, fair point. He beat the best team in all of college basketball. Obviously. <laughs> no. No. Last year, last year, right? Sure. Um, <laughs> so, do you think if, if uh, I don't know, as a K-State fan, is that offensive if someone would do that to you if you guys were a one seed? We're never going to be a one seed, so. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, realistic expectations here. Well, should people who are offended by that have a right to be offended? I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it's that. Nah, I think he's just a coach celebrating win. Yeah, he'd do that same thing, just not in front of the crowds, back in the locker room. Yeah. So, uh, Jalen Wilson had twenty points, so he he put in the effort, but obviously uh, the rest of our team couldn't come together. KU, and we'll talk about this in a second after we finish with K State, but KU's team's going to look completely different next year. Yeah. Uh, just a couple hours ago, Grady Dick announced that he's going to go to the draft. And that means not only are we losing three of our top, I would say, players in Kevin McCullough Jr., Jalen Wilson, and Grady Dick, we also have lost, I believe, five players to the transfer portal. But like I heard on the radio today, in the end, it's Kansas. We're going to get the guys back. K-State might be in a different situation, but let's let's talk about their game. 
Uh, K-State mm-hmm. lost in the Elite Eight. But first of all, before we talk about the loss, let's talk about their path to that. Uh, what stood out to you about the uh, playoff run, postseason, whatever run, uh, for K-State and Jerome Tang? Marquise Noel's good. Just tries too hard sometimes. And Ishmael's the GOAT. Right. I think Keontae Johnson is our best player, but he didn't look like it, right? No. I um, Marquise looked the best, and honestly, I don't have any hope for us in the future. Wow, because you guys are losing both Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, and then they also and lost... Masood's gone. Okay, yeah, yeah. Every I think we only have one returning junior or senior. Well, Which not senior, but you know. might be a better situation than what was going into this year. First of all, getting to the Elite Eight with the situation K-State was in at this point last year, I think is extremely impressive. It might be one of the best stories in college basketball because you guys had, what, no scholarship? Maybe one scholarship player, right? Yeah, probably one. And then Jerome Tang comes in, brings in all these transfers. Uh, and in the first couple years of transfer portal, I mean, he's not able to do this 10 years ago. So I think it's extremely impressive. Let's talk about the Sweet 16 game, right? Sweet 16 against Michigan State. Yeah. Um, played an incredible game. Obviously, it was very entertaining. But yeah, Mr. New York City Marquise Noel put on quite a performance with his assists and just his overall playmaking ability. Jude, what stood out to you about that game? The passion. Like, the team wanted to win, and you could see that. And when that passion is in one player, it goes to the next player and the next player and then the team is elevated, and I think that's why they won. I like what you said about Keontae Johnson, because in that game, and I believe the round of 32 game also, he was taking some very, very contested shots and making them, and I was impressed. But obviously, Marquise Noel was definitely the star of K-State's team throughout the tournament. Preston, do you think he will have success after K-State I don't know. He seems like a player that would go to like the Harlem Globetrotters or something <laughs> and like put on a show for everyone. Uh, he's an entertaining guy. I mean, if he went to the NBA, I think he'd be fine. I don't think he'd be amazing just because of the physicality of the NBA and how short he is. But yeah, and and I hate to go back to KU right away, but with Grady Dick, I don't. He'll the, be fine. The headline. I mean, yes, he'll be fine. He'll be a good player. But the headline was. He proved his five-star capabilities. And I think this year he was good, but he wasn't incredible. Jude, what do you, what do you think about Grady Dick going into the NBA? I mean, he's a good player, but if he'd have made more shots, I'd be more sore on him. But he was not, like, their best player. Exactly, so. yeah. I think Jalen Wilson will probably be a lottery pick, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think McCuller will get drafted, but I, I don't know enough about the NBA. I know that I, I believe he'll be a second-round pick, but... We'll, we'll see. Maybe his defensive skills will pay off. Uh, let's talk about the loss. Uh, obviously, you guys lost to FAU, 79-76. Marquise Noel went off. Uh, he had 30 points, is that right? Yeah. And 12 assists. I mean, those are video game numbers for a college basketball player. Uh, that's an impressive stat, especially in a loss. Yeah, he was draining all the deep threes that he would shoot and miss in earlier games, so it helped him get the points up there. Uh, he just didn't have all the help around him because Keontae Johnson literally had fouls from like the 18-minute mark in the first half. Yeah, and it felt like he was playing 
uh, to avoid the foul after he got those first three. Uh, apparently, I didn't watch, I didn't see this live, but uh, didn't he put his hands behind his back on one play or something? Like, he was trying to prove to the ref that these fouls were unnecessary. Jude, does K-State have a future uh, in the basketball realm? Uh, looking like these deep runs, deep runs over the next five to ten years with Jerome Tang. I think we can produce some shadow runs, you know, but like we're not going to be a top four seed consistently, at least. Jerome Tang has created this culture in the basketball realm, but it's going to be hard to produce the talent like we had this year. Yeah, it's definitely difficult, and it takes a special run a special team, and that's definitely what K-State was this year. They had very impressive games, very impressive chemistry. They beat KU. Uh, it's, a, it's a special team, and I'm very impressed that they made it to the Elite Eight in the situ- based on the situation they were before that they were in before the season. All right, let's go to the Final Four real quick. I don't want to talk about this too much because, obviously, it's not a local sport thing, but down yeah. in Houston we have starting – we're filming this on a Friday – and so the uh, tomorrow on Saturday, I believe, is UConn versus Miami and FAU versus San Diego State. Jude, out of these four teams, which one stands out to you the most? I would have to go Miami. And the talent, they have the shooters, they have the consistent 10-plus point players. They have, like, five of them. Yeah. And just because of that, like, I think they have the most – scoring capability out of the remaining teams. Yeah, they're led by a three-guard pair, and that is uh, Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller, and Nigel Pack. How's it feel to see um, a former K-Stater doing well in the tournament? Good for him. I mean, he got his NIL money and went to Miami and is doing good, so good for him. Yeah, it's definitely a shooting team, so I can see how Jude, I can see how you like them. Uh, Preston, who's your team to look out for, or I guess your prediction for our 2023 basketball national champions? Who is my prediction? Yeah, who? Which team is your prediction? San Diego State. And why I mean, is that? they're athletic. They got the big man. They got two guys that are tall and athletic, which is what you need. Um, and then they have people that can drive to the basket and shoot, which I think that will be good enough to win against FAU. And then depending on who makes it to the championship, I think that it will probably be a very high-scoring affair no matter who it is on the other side, whether it's UConn or Miami. But, yeah. yeah. All four teams obviously have a lot of talent. They've proved that to this point. I would say for my pick, it would definitely be UConn. Uh, I mean, they're favored. They... I think one of the big debates people are having right now is, are they a blue blood? Because they've won four championships in the last 25 years with a chance at a fifth one this year, and that's insane. Like, in the last 25, winning four, maybe five, that is extremely impressive. But they're led by the forward Adamo Sanago. I definitely didn't pronounce that right. But I didn't know anything about him until their first-round game. And uh, on our plane ride back... Uh, I'm watching the Yukon game, first round game, and Ethan Seba in the back yells at me and says, "Hey, this is this is this is my team to win it all." And ever since then, I've 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 jumped on the bandwagon. Um, I don't want them to win, I guess, but I definitely think they're the most talented team. And it's March Madness, so they can lose, but they are very talented team. 
I mean, this guy is averaging nine point nine point eight rebounds per, per game, so that's that's pretty incredible. Um, if he can spread the ball out, he's definitely a good scorer. But if he can spread the ball out, he's going to be lethal. All right, let's move on to opening day real quick. Opening mm -hmm. day was on Thursday, which was yesterday for us, and uh, I was able to attend the Royals game. Very boring. Uh, it was it was it was fun. The Hype and the aesthetics going into opening day is pretty incredible. I've had the privilege to go two years. But our pitching was there. Our batting, our hitting was not there at all. Preston, what did you see in the Royals yesterday? Uh, we got outmatched by Pablo Lopez, which I could have probably told you. I mean, he was really, really good for Miami last year. He's a strikeout pitcher. We'll get those strikeouts. Um... I wasn't surprised to see the Royals come out flat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I figured our pitching would be ready because it's Granky and he's been doing this for 20 years. Yeah, he so, pitched well. He pitched really well. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll get going eventually, but we just have a lot of young guys who aren't used to the big show yet. Yeah, do you think this is cause for concern that we didn't, I mean, I think we ended up with two hits, maybe. I mean, it was not very many hits at all. Um, obviously, you're going to get shut down. It's baseball. There's 161 more games left. So we got plenty of time. Do you think this is cause for concern, though? I don't think it's cause for concern at all. I think I think the upper half, upper five or six of our lineup is extremely good. And we'll probably hit, if I had to guess, 280 to 3, however high it needs to be and then our lower half will be where it gets a little sketchy rougher waters maybe in like the 220s right now we have cal isbell in uh center field and i and i liked what he did yesterday he played well in the field he had a really nice running catch uh and he got a hit and a walk i believe um so good start for him but he's not supposed to be our center fielder we're supposed to have drew waters yes who we acquired in a trade last year with the atlanta braves yeah uh first round First rounder for him. Uh, I, I think he'll be good. He's yet to make his MLB debut. Yeah. What what impact do you think he makes on this young team? I mean, he looked really good in spring training. Uh, he was a high prospect for Atlanta, so I was really surprised we were able to get him because normally you don't give up high prospects that are coming to the majors soon for a first where you are drafting a young guy. But, I mean, yeah, I think he'll be good. He'll be able to hit home runs, which is what we need in outfielder. We haven't had an outfielder that's able to hit home runs in a long time. But now that MJ is out there, um, what it sounds like he's out there permanently. Yeah, and, unless Salvi gets injured. Yeah, so I think we'll have a pretty consistent hitting outfield. Jude, who's your prediction to win the World Series this year? Um, the Baltimore Orioles. Um. <laughs> Preston, do you agree? They're making a run. Okay. I'm predicting it right, right now. Going from worst to first a couple years ago, they were not great. Jude, why do you think that? That was my team in T-ball, and I just like the order. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. Dude, hey, but, they do have a lot of talent yeah, on that team. Adley Rutschman went off. Gunnar Anderson. Five yeah. for five yeah. with four RBIs. That's insane. Yeah, I think the last time a catcher on opening day – it was like 1970s, so it's pretty impressive that yeah. he pulled that out. All right, let's move on to NFL, which in the offseason, right, of a sport, you probably don't talk about it much, but NFL, there's news every day. 
I want to go really, really quick uh, so we can move on to the draft and Scott and Combine and everything. I want to move. What's this deal with Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson? Uh, what, what's going to happen with these guys? What's your prediction? And why is both deals taking so long? Jude, let's go to you first. Lamar Jackson is going to stay because he just got like an amazing receiver and is receiving corpse. Nelson so, Aguilar. Yeah. <laughs> and because of this, he's just trying to find the money. Like, how much can he squeeze out of yeah. the Ravens? And then um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's going to the Jets because okay. he saw Brett Favre's legacy and he wants to mimic that as best as he can. Okay, that's good reasons. I mean, obviously, both team, both guys are currently under contract with their team. Lamar Jackson was franchise tagged. He has not signed the tag yet. Uh, what a team would have to give up to get him is at least two first-rounders, uh, maybe more, and a contract fully guaranteed, almost fully guaranteed at least, uh, similar to Deshaun Watson's contract, which if he signs that, I think... Two of the most mid-quarterbacks in the league are going to be... I mean, Lamar Jackson's talented, obviously, won an MVP. Um, but I don't think he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And <laughs> if he signs this fully guaranteed deal, I, I don't know um, financially how that's going to help a team. Preston, do you disagree with my Lamar Jackson take? Uh, I agree that Deshaun Watson's mid, but I don't think you can... <laughs> okay, dude, okay, dude. You can't put... Deshaun and Lamar on the same level, I don't think. Yeah, they're different players. I think Lamar is probably on probably second or third tier of quarterbacks, and Deshaun's probably like four to five. Yeah. So. I think both contracts will be stupid if they, if they sign. I think I think the Deshaun Watson contract. I, I think the Lamar would just be dumb because the injury, like he's injury prone because yeah, he he's runs. He's currently injured. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and you're going to have to change your entire offense, so... I can see a team like maybe the Colts doing it if they don't like the quarterback prospects, but obviously they're pretty talented this year. Um, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing is inevitable. I think he will go to the Jets. He said he wants to go to the Jets. And what I've heard from the NFL team meetings this last week was that they are discussing it. They're they're finding out the details. They're like, here, give me this. Like They're just figuring out the draft picks. Like they, They've got the main yeah. thing done. It's just the little details they're trying to figure out. I mean, and the Jets are probably going to like somehow get DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham because every person that Aaron Rodgers wanted in free agency has gone to the Jets. Like They got Alan Lazard, and he's been a receiver for Rodgers for the past like three years. And he so, really likes yeah, him. Yeah. It's just inevitable that he's going. Like, Yeah. And if it doesn't happen... Then He's the Jets are in for a load of yeah. another bad season. Yeah. Jude, how well do the Jets do without Aaron Rodgers, and how well do they do with Aaron Rodgers? What's the difference, and what's at stake if they don't get him? He's about to say Super Bowl. Cause it's like a three-game difference. Like, 17-0 if they have Rodgers. 14-3. In the AFC, really? Yeah. Like, are you tripping? You think you think Zach Wilson's leading them to fourteen and three, or are they coming in with someone else? It doesn't matter. They don't, they don't have Mike White in New York. Yeah, they don't have Mike White. You think is Brees Hall gonna go wildcat yeah. on them? Like you're focusing on the quarterback because <laughs> <laughs> it's a quarterback driven league. No, you've seen what Brees Hall did early in the season. It's true. He's coming back. 
and uh, night. MVP season. Okay. Wow. What's up with you and Iowa State running wow. backs? You love Montgomery and you love Brees Hall. Yeah, like, just and you're a K State fan. Like, uh, <laughs> something's wrong here. Are you a Brock Purdy fan? <laughs> he is not. Not it. Overhyped. Really. Uh, this past month ish have been the pro days. There's only two pro days left. Uh, today was KU and K State's pro day. Uh, hmm. Going into the. Uh, Pro days for me are strange, but I think it's good. I think pro days are good because if you have a struggle at the scouting combine in Indianapolis, you can do well in your pro day. Um, but only left uh, the only teams left is Clemson on April 4th, and then obviously we'll see Bryce Young throw with Alabama on April 6th. So within a week, we'll have it all finished up, and then at the very end of April will be the draft. And what's the highlight of the draft? It's the quarterbacks. It's in Kansas City. That's the highlight. That's the highlight. Hopefully, we'll be there. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be. If we, if I might we be going go. night one. We'll see. Um, that would be very fun. Let's start with uh, the Bears Panthers trade, and I'm going to read a quote from Mark Sessler just to kind of explain what's uh, what the whole trade was. Um, yeah. So here we go. So the decision to stick with Justin Fields, quarterback for the uh, Chicago Bears, and sell the number one overall pick to Carolina has put General Manager Ryan Poles in a position to warp speed. His roster build. Gaining April's ninth overall pick, a 2023 second rounder, a 24 first, and a 25 second was an appropriate asking price. Landing DJ Moore tipped the swap in Chicago's favor. As I said, Mark Sessler at NFL.com. So let me sum that up real one more second. Bears receive two first round picks, including the number nine overall pick this year, a 2023 and 2025 second round pick, and Wide receiver DJ Moore. What did the Panthers receive? The first overall pick. That seems like a lot to move up eight spots. That is the biggest shaft in NFL history. If they imagine they go out here and they miss on the first round pick, they are not gonna <laughs> Zach Wilson. Come back. Yeah, a Zach Wilson happens. They're never gonna hear the end of it. Yeah. It's gonna be another like seven years till they can get another quarterback. What were we at in 2017 when we moved up to number 10? Were we were like, like 22nd or something? Uh, I don't. We, we moved were, up to 10. Oh yeah, we did move up to 10. Um, 24 something like that. So yeah. we moved up 14 spots. And what did we give up? We gave up like two or three draft picks total. Two first rounders, two second rounders, and I would call an elite receiver. Yeah, he's definitely top. More. Yeah, he's probably top 20 receiver. Do you agree right. with that, Jude? Do you I, think this is a steal for the Panthers? Yeah, or sorry, for the Bears. The Bears are definitely it's winning this trade. Top, I think they 18th best receiver in the NFL. And, you know, the Bears are not going to beat the Lions because the Lions have an seat running back core, but they're going to be second in the division, so it's and, worth it. And not only are the Bears getting all of this, all these draft picks and DJ Moore, they're also signing all of the Panthers yeah. players. Like they, It's like they just moved the camp over. I think Chicago can be okay, but the fact that they have a quarterback that they trust in Justin Fields, I think was very smart to move down. Do you think they go offensive line? Do you think they go defensive line? Where do you think they go at number nine overall, Jude? Yeah, offensive line sounds good. Okay. Yeah, their O-line absolutely stinks, but receivers, if they could get one young receiver like Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison that early, like... Then they would have DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and 
a young receiver and they'd be set and their offense would probably be set. They probably would, if I were them, I would draft a running back because Deonta Foreman, I think, is the only one they signed this offseason, which he was good for Carolina. I'm not saying he wasn't, but he's he was 2017 draft class and he'll run out of steam soon. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what the Panthers are going to use for that first yeah. overall pick. Um, this is a hard one. Obviously, I'd say, I personally would say there's three options. Uh, well, there's only two options for the first overall pick, and that's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I think Richardson could go number one. And this is this is where the mystery happens for me. Let's let's start with just the first overall pick. Jude, who goes first overall to the Panthers this time? Last Bryce time, Young. Okay, because last time we talked, you were like, Colts are going to move up and get Bryce Young. Okay, so Bryce Young, number one overall to the Panthers. Does he succeed? I mean, look at him. Yeah, of course he does. Okay. Hey, I, I, hey, he is a very successful receiver. He, or sorry, quarterback, and he has had successful seasons in the SEC for two years. Most of these quarterbacks coming out, like Joe Burrow, when he came out of, I think LSU is an SEC, right? When yeah. he came out, he only had one good year. Yeah, his last year. Uh, and I know Trevor Lawrence had two, maybe three. So I, it's it's kind of hit or miss with the amount of uh, experience that he has. But yeah, Bryce Young put up great numbers. Uh, it was not as good as the year before. Obviously, he was sixth in voting instead of Heisman Trophy winner like he was t- two years ago. Preston, who goes number one overall, in your opinion? Well, from what the Panthers are saying, Stroud... Yeah. But I think it could be a toss-up between any of the three, Young, Richardson, and Stroud. I mean, I think Richardson will have a good NFL career wherever he goes. He's got the attributes and athletic abilities that he needs to be a star. Uh, kind of seems to me like Russell Wilson. Stroud's more of the strong arm type quarterback, and Young is like the improviser. So yeah. we'll see. So there's five main quarterbacks that will go in this draft. Obviously, there's more like Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett down the road. But the top five, in my opinion, are Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Will Levis from Kentucky, Anthony Richardson from Florida, and Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Now, Hendon Hooker, the reason why I throw him in there was he was an early Heisman candidate, easily a Heisman candidate. But he had an ACL injury, and that's the number one knock on him right now is how much is that injury going to affect him. He probably won't play this year is what people are saying. It's just a lot. Uh, the biggest question for him will, is he NFL ready? Jude, can you rank these quarterbacks one to five for me in your opinion? Yeah, I can. And number one overall, Bryce Young. Talented quarterback. <laughs> He's light. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> And then number two, C.J. Stroud. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I don't think he's the best, but... Does he go top five? Sure. I mean, if he's that good, then yeah. All right. Number three, Anthony Richardson, because I heard he can run. And that's pretty... You've seen Lamar Jackson. And then number four, Will Levis, because he's really hyped up from what I've heard. Yeah. Number five, Hendon Hooker. He got injured, and for quarterbacks, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's hard for them to come back sometimes, so that's my picks. And I I appreciate it. I I agree. Where do you think Will Levis and Anthony Richardson go? 
Like, do you think late first round, early first round, second round maybe? Where do you think they go? See, I don't know the teams, but Will Levis seems like a 17. Anthony Richardson seems like a 13. See, 13 overall? Yeah. Okay, so I, I agree with that. So there's guys saying Anthony Richardson's going to go top five, mm-hmm. which is a possibility, and I think Anthony Richardson is the biggest, I want to say wild card, but he, he has the most potential out of all five quarterbacks, right? He is the athlete. He's one of the most incredible athletes uh, we've ever seen. He broke records at the Combine. He had the two longest, highest, whatever, jumps for broad jump and high jump. Uh, but I, I don't see him going before probably 15, in my opinion. I think he'll drop just like last year with Malik Willis and uh, Kenny Pickett. Obviously, he went to 20 uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'd say C.J. Stroud first overall for me personally. Uh, Bryce Young definitely next to Houston. And then I don't see another quarterback being taken until 15, 16, 17 in that area. And I'd say Anthony Richardson... Uh, and Hannon Hooker go late first round, maybe early second round. And I think Will Levis falls to the late second round, maybe even third round. This is crazy for some people because Will Levis is projected top 10 in many drafts. Preston, do you agree with me at all? And what are your top five quarterbacks? Not at all. Um, well, me personally, I'm a big fan of Richardson. I love that kid. Uh, I love him too. I just don't. I I would have him think the one media likes him because of potential. Just like Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm not saying he's Mahomes or nothing, but if yeah. he if Richardson could go somewhere where he could sit, obviously he would not be able to do that if he went in like the top. Seattle. Seattle but Seattle's got Geno, so I would love him to go there. He'd be like Russell Wilson. Yeah. But I think Richardson would be my number one. Young would be my two probably. Stroud would be three. Hooker would be four, and Levis would be five. I think Richardson, Young, and Stroud will go top five. I think teams will move in. So you're to get saying a quarterback. Indianapolis is going to take a quarterback? I think it makes they, sense. They, they have to. They I have, don't yeah. see how they can't. And Carolina obviously has to take one, and Houston has to take one. So then the only outlier is Arizona, and who's the fifth overall pick? Detroit, It'd be Seattle. Seattle's number five overall. Oh, uh, then I, ooh. then four quarterbacks could realistically go but if i were seattle i would move back i thought seattle was nine for some reason but no the chicago bears are now number nine because right yes um but no i think levis should go yeah i think judah's spot on with levis like 17 ish so he shouldn't go top 10 i don't think levis should go top 10 but i think i think he will go first and then hooker will probably be a late second even though hooker should be higher than levis I know Levis, and I know all of these quarterbacks except for C.J. Stroud are in SEC, and SEC is very defensive, and they've uh, SEC defenses are as close to the NFL ready as you can get, right? But Will Levis, nineteen touchdowns, ten interceptions this year. Those are horrible. I mean, they're I mean they're good stats for an SEC quarterback, first round quarterback. Jude, why does he have so much hype behind him? Uh, because he can throw good without pads on, and... Yeah, that's a good point. Have we seen him throw? Oh, man, I, I haven't seen him throw, like, these bullets that he's throwing all the time with the pads on yet. Yeah, he's not good. I mean, he's hyped up because he can throw, but in a real game, he's not good. His highlight reel is also full of him just scrambling, but then 
Derrick Henry trucking guys. So that could be impressive. That could be a big part. But do you want a, a run-first quarterback? Obviously, he's probably not run-first. But do you want a run-first quarterback now, like Anthony Richardson, with the amount of injuries? If it's Richardson, yes. If it's Levis, no. I think Richardson is built to run. Yeah. I mean, he's, what, 6'4", 225? Oh, he's, is, he's a freak out. That is insane. That, and then he can move at 4'4", four, 4'3", four, or whatever his 40-dash yeah. time was. Like, that's insane. That's not even, like, close to some receiver's speeds. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun draft. I really want to go um, and be downtown. I think it's a special thing that we get to have it here. And we have good quarterbacks. Because last year, not very many good quarterbacks. Obviously, Kenny Pickett was pretty okay. But, you know, oh, yeah, Jude. Jude's a Kenny Pickett hater. Yeah. <laughs> Jude, do you have anything left to say? We can talk about um, – we're going to talk about more about the other prospects. But quarterback is the heaviest thing right now. Um, Jude, do you have any – do you have anything that stands out to you about this draft and – Will it be one of the best draft classes we've ever seen? Well, there's one thing that confuses me. Like, what's the importance of Anthony Richard jumping high as a quarterback? But aside from that, it's going to be fun. See how things line up in the draft. You know, a lot yeah. of predictions that are going to be proved wrong. So, we'll see what happens. I'd like to, over the next couple weeks, we have about four-ish weeks until the draft. I think it's April 28th, maybe. Yep, 27th, 28th. 27th, 28th, 29th. Yep. Um, I'd like to release at least two mock drafts, uh, and those will be released uh, probably one right before the draft, just a couple days, and then sometime soon uh, we'll release those on our Instagram page if you don't already follow that. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. And thank you for being patient with us because we have some, I, I mean, I'm not that busy, but we have two very busy guys across the table. Jude, big, big start to the season yesterday. How's track going? It, it was okay. I mean, I'm just running. That's pretty much it. Preston, how's baseball going? Uh, It's going. They're both busy guys. They're putting the work in. I want to thank you so much for listening. This has been an awesome episode. I have so much. We have so much fun uh, making these. And next time we come around, I'd like to talk about some of the other prospects in the draft. Uh, Nolan Smith, who put on a show up at uh, the combine. Uh, K State's defensive end Felix Onyedike Uzama. And then KU has Errol, Eric er, Errol Bostic Jr. Sorry if I I don't know his first name. Uh, and then Lonnie Phelps Jr. Both very good players. I'm excited to talk about them. And then I want to, this is a little cliffhanger, I want to spend some time talking about Deion Sanders next time. Okie dokie. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Jude, you, give me a 30-second spiel on Deion Sanders. Is, is Colorado going to be good next year? Yeah, Coach Prime, like, he's got the brain power. He's got the outward appearance, the <laughs> people liking factor, and he's going to attract the talented players, and he's going to put together a talented squad. Well, it'll be fun to watch him work uh, if you follow him on any <laughs> social media. It's just nonstop. Um, but hopefully, I mean, he's bringing some good recruits, so hopefully uh, all the best for him. And we will talk more about that later in the rest of the NFL draft.
And hopefully the Chiefs team, Chiefs as a whole, start to come together a little bit more. Hopefully a big wide receiver signing um, by the time we do our next episode. So thank you so much for listening to the fifth episode of the Power and Light podcast.